This sermon is brought to you by Shofar East London. Together, living out the fullness of Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. So I hope everybody's having a, a lovely holiday time. And I was uh, reading the scriptures and then this concept, this truth about favor just jumped off the pages. It was just like, oh, it so spoke to me. And so I want to share with us this morning about being highly favored of God and what that looks like. You know, because I know this time of year, it can be stressful because a number of us are wondering, was I good enough? To receive my Christmas present. Super stressful. So you see, here's a dear Santa. I have been good. All year. Most of the time. Once in a while. Never mind. I'll buy my own presents. Okay. So some of us. Hopefully not all of us are down there. But there's obviously different. We all tick different boxes there. But many of us are down there, and I was one of those that would find myself, well, never mind, I have to sort out myself. So favor. And I want to take us to, to um, the story of Mary. I want to take us to the prequel of Christmas, you know, the before. Nine months before Christmas. Mary, she was like 13, 14 years old. Young girl, and then this life-altering moment happens where an angel walks into into the room. So I want to take us to that passage, and I'm going to show us how we can learn from Mary in terms of receiving the favor of God. So Luke chapter 128, it says, And having come in, the angel Gabriel, this heavenly being, Gabriel, said to her, Rejoice! Highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. So it says rejoice. Highly favored one. Blessed are you. Verse 29. But when she saw him, she was troubled. Who wouldn't be? Like what on earth is going on here? And considered what manner of greeting this was. Verse 30, then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus or Savior. So this young girl, 13, 14 years old, angel walks in. Heavenly being and declares rejoice, highly favored one. And obviously she's struggling. Like, what on earth is going on here? And you, you, you have to wonder what? Why did this happen? Was it because Mary was, if we look go back to Santa's list thingy, she would be like, well, I've been good the whole year. I've been nice the whole year. No sin, no mistakes, no mess-ups, no, I have been nice. I have been good. And so the Lord looks at Mary and he sees his perfect, sinless 
daughter. And he says, you qualify for favor. No. Some believe Mary is, was sinless. Some believe that, you know, she had this special grace that she was born without sin. And therefore today we need to pray to Mary, the mother of Jesus. And that's just not in the Bible. The truth is she was ordinary. Like you, like me, ordinary with sins, with mistakes, with faults. And I don't know about you, but that gives me hope. Because perfection is hard. <laughs> Difficult to get to perfection. But she was ordinary and yet there's no evidence in the scriptures of, of, of carrying out great exploits, of doing wonderful things for God. And despite, and as I said, I believe she's like that ordinary teenage girl. And yet favor comes to her. Favor. The angel appears and says, highly favored one, not based on her performance, not based on her perfection or not perfection, but all based on what God has done. And I'll, 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 sh- I'll explain that in a moment. But this is so critical. If you and I want to receive favor in our lives, you know, <laughs> she was 13, 14, year, 14 years old. And if I think of my own story, when I was 18 years old, I experienced something like this. An angel walked into my room. You know, an angel, another word for angel is messenger. And the messenger that came to me wasn't an angel, it was a human being. And this messenger had a dream. This was a student. I was a student at university and an older student in the hostel. He had a dream the previous night. And in this dream, God appeared to him and said to him, invite Andre to church. It was my angel moment. He came to me and said, hey, I had this dream. Come to church. And if you, if, you, if you had to look at my life at that time, everything about my life would have screamed unqualified, not deserving. So much sin, foul mouth, proud heart, broken identity, arrogant, full of myself, stuff up after stuff up after mess up after mess up. And yet favor comes to me. Why? Not because of my performance. (laughs) Now that's good news. See, favor is not based on your performance. There's something that you and I, if we want to experience the blessing, the goodness, the favor of God, like Mary had, where God appears to her. If you, if you and I want to experience the favor of God, then we have to get this one thing. You don't qualify. Undeserved. You have nothing to bring to the table but yourself. Mary had nothing to bring to the table. She was a 13, 14 year old girl with no wonderful nothing, but she could bring herself. And if you and I, if you, if you want to experience the favor of God, this must be our starting point. 
You have nothing to offer God but yourself. Come on, say it. I have nothing to offer. That is profound. That is profound. Because for many of us, many in the world of dead religion, it's all about, hey, well, if I do these few good things, it will balance out all my bad stuff. And then I qualify. You know, like Santa's list. Here's the list again. The naughty and the nice. On which list are you? The truth is, from a biblical perspective, there are no names under the nice column. No one's good. You have to wipe them all out and write them under the naughty. We have all been naughty. We have all missed it. We all fall short of the glory of the goodness and the perfection of God. And it's actually wonderful. It's good news. Like, take the pressure off. You know, because in the world, dead religion says, you know, you can't come to God. You must first sort out yourself. Then you can come to God. First clean up your life. Then you qualify. That's a lie. No one can clean up themselves. No one can sort themselves out and then be good enough for God. No, we just come as we are. And then he changes us. He transforms us. He does this miracle thing. He brings the favor. But you and I need to understand, hey, I have nothing to offer. So if you want to experience the favor of God, if you want to experience the blessing, the goodness of God, you need to understand, hey, I have nothing to offer. I, I, as I was praying this last while, I really felt that this is a word like a, just, just, just dropped into my spirit for 2024. I believe 2024 is the year of special favor. I really believe it. Special favor, undeserved. You didn't work for it. You didn't earn it. You don't deserve it. And yet God shows up. Amen. So I believe that is what, what, what we will experience in this coming year. You will have a time of worship or a time of prayer. We'll be spending time with the Lord. And the next moment, the messenger of the Lord will walk into the room and declare highly favored one. Not based on what you've done, but based on what he has done. Favor, favor, open doors. I really believe it, that favor is going to come into our lives, but we need to position ourselves in the place where we can receive it. Okay, so I want to answer that question. How do you and I receive favor from God? How do we position ourselves to receive the favor? Because the favor is coming, even with Mary. Like the favor is coming, how do we receive it? Okay, so the first key to this, which I've touched on, you need to come empty-handed. Empty-handed. Knowing I am undeserving with nothing to offer God but myself. Come empty-handed, open hands. You know, if, if, if your hands, if you are holding on to things, if you are holding on to your pride, if you are holding on to, well, I've done these good things. If you hold on to, well, I've achieved this or I've done that or your supposedly good works or whatever it may be. If you are holding on to these things, your hands are closed and you cannot receive. You have to open your hands. Open hands so that you can receive. We only receive from God when we come with open hands. Nothing to offer you, Lord, but my Self. That's the starting point. 
That is the entrance into the kingdom of God. You know, in Matthew chapter 5, it speaks about the, the Beatitudes. It says, blessed are these. Blessed are these. The word blessed, makario, speaks of, the word blessed speaks of being happy, being envied. It speaks of being filled with life. Even as the angel spoke to Mary and said, blessed are you, Mary. Blessed. Makarios. What? And so Jesus, that was his first sermon, his first message that he preached. And he sort of explained the kingdom of God, what this new era will look like. And that, that's why I said these statements, these value statements of the kingdom of God. I said, blessed are the, the, the pure in heart. Blessed are the, the, the meek, blessed are the, all these things. He said, blessed, blessed, blessed. But the first one, the first one, it reveals this is the entrance into the kingdom of God. What was the first statement? Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What does that word poor in spirit mean? It means blessed are those who realize that they are spiritually bankrupt. Blessed are those who realize they have nothing to offer God. Blessed are those who realize that when they come to the Lord, they can bring nothing but themselves. Blessed are the humble, for they shall receive grace, favor. Amen? That's the entrance. That's the starting point. That is how we come into the kingdom of God. If you really want to know God, that's how we must come. That's how we must come. And in a certain sense, you and I, each one of us, spiritually speaking, we are like beggars. Here's a picture of a beggar. A beggar boy. And I can just imagine if I have to like paint you a picture, a metaphor of a beggar, this young boy on the streets, scavenging, fending for self. Empty pockets, bad past, stealing, maybe angry, maybe feel like the world owes him something. But what does the beggar, what can the beggar bring to the table? Nothing. That's you, that's me. If you don't understand this, you will always miss the kingdom of God. You will miss God. You will miss the favor of God. You will, you will miss it wholesale. And there are so many that miss it because they think they have something to offer God. Their skills, their talents, their wonderful intellect, or whatever else it might be. The truth is you have nothing to offer God. You bring nothing to the table. It's the entrance into the kingdom of God. And it's freedom. It really is freedom. Because if you think that you can do this, we tend to start working. We tend to start striving. We tend to start carrying these heavy burdens. You know, when I started off as an 18-year-old, I knew that I was not good. I knew that I was just a sinner. I knew that, oh, my life is a mess, spiritually speaking. I knew I had nothing to offer God. But then some way down the line, you start thinking, well, well, maybe I do have something to offer God. If I pray so much, if I give so much, if I do all these things. I'm adding. And the truth is, no, you can't. 
Why? Because it becomes this heavy weight upon your shoulders, trying, striving, trying to earn, trying to work your way into the kingdom of God. You can't do it. Cast the heavy burden off. It is absolute freedom when you realize I have nothing to offer God but myself. That's liberty. You stop striving. You can just come. Cast the heavy burden off. Cast those burdens off and just come based on what he has done. And in this metaphor of the beggar, imagine there's a king, the king of the land. Unlimited resources, castles and treasures and servants and armies. And he praised all over the world. This king, this king is Jesus. This king, Jesus. And the beggar boy. What can the beggar bring? What can the beggar offer the king? Nothing. What does the king desire? Only your heart. Only your love. What is the greatest commandment in scripture? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. Guess what? You can't even do that. <laughs> Neither can I. We can't, we can't do that. But we can come and give ourselves to him and say, Lord, do this in me. Help me to love you. Help me to follow you. Help me to help me, Jesus. Do this in me, Lord. But if the king would see the beggar and he would have compassion on the beggar and he would see value in the beggar and love him and call him to himself. And adopt him and make him part of this royal family. And have him sit at his table to feast with him. And give him access to all his resources and all that he has. That changes. Changes everything. Changes everything. So come. So if you want to experience the favor of the king. You see the king comes and he says, hey, I see you. And I love you. But if you try to bring something in your hands, you can't, you can't, you're not going to receive the favor. You're not going to receive the life of Jesus. You're not going to receive the life of God. And so we see this in Mary's, in Mary's life. So if you want to experience the favor of God, number one, come empty handed, undeserving, undeserving that that beggar isn't deserving. If you think the world owes you something, you're going to miss God. If you think God owes you something, you're going to miss God. There's a humility and it's the only way into the kingdom of God. And it's absolute freedom because then you can just be with him. You can just rest. Blessed are those who realize how spiritually bankrupt they are. And so in the next verse, verse 32, the angel speaks about this great king. And he says, he will be great and will be called the son of the highest And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. He will be great. Jesus is great. Jesus is glorious. He is worthy of all our praise and honor. Do you know some people think like Jesus is a means to an end. Give your life to Jesus and you have eternal life. Well, partly true. But do you know that Jesus isn't only a means to an end. He is the destination. Why? Because heaven. Heaven is heaven because God is there. 
Jesus is there. The destination is Jesus. But imagine heaven coming to live within you now. Now, God coming to live in you. I mean, that Mary is a picture of the Christian life. In her case, God came to live on the inside of her physically. Baby in the womb. Jesus. For us, spiritually speaking, God wants to come and live on the inside of you through his Holy Spirit. God with you. God with you. God. Emmanuel. God with us. It's glorious. It's the mystery of the kingdom. But so Jesus is the destination. But he is also everything now. You have to see this. So the first key. You know, he's great. You and I, we are undeserving of his love. We need to come with open hands, with nothing to offer the Lord but ourselves. And then realize that love made a way. Love made a way. I want to read that passage again, verse 29. But it says, but when she saw him, that's the, the angel, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Do not be afraid. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. But she was troubled. I think that's like a a, a definition or a, a description of the human condition. We are troubled. We are anxious. We are worried. We get angry, we get offended, we get worked up about all the stuff in our country and in our environments and in our lives. And it affects us. And the angel says, don't be afraid for you have found favor. Don't be afraid because favor has come into your life. God is stepping into your life. It's often been said, what you behold is what you will become. What are you beholding? What have you been beholding this last week, this last month, the last three months? What are you beholding? All the problems in our country, all the problems in your life, looking at all the issues and the challenges and the things that are not working, being anxious, being worried, being angry, bitter, offended, worked up with people or situations. I have to forgive government the whole time. Praise Jesus. Every time I have to sidestep a pothole. Praise God. Jesus. Home is heaven. Home is heaven. Home is heaven. But what you behold is what you will become. If you behold the darkness, you will become the darkness. If you behold all the negatives, you will become the negative. But if you behold Jesus... You'll become life, light, peace, joy. You will experience the fullness of God. You will experience the favor of God coming into your life. I think sometimes the angel comes to us. The opportunity comes to us. But we are so focused on the negatives. So focused on all the issues and the challenges. So focused on our, our you know, the world owes us something. That we actually miss the favor of God. Because we are not looking at him. What you behold Is what you will become. Behold him. Behold him. Jesus is everything. He's not only a means to an end. He is the destination. He is heaven here now within you. If you would allow him to. 
Love made a way. Don't be afraid, Mary. I want to put your name in there. Don't be afraid about 2024. Don't be afraid about following Jesus. Don't be afraid of choosing to trust in him. You can trust him. Amen. Come on, say it. I'm going to trust him. Trust him. Trust him. God so loved. He gave himself. He made a way for you and for me. So you need to come with open hands, knowing you've got nothing to offer but yourself. We need to know that he made a way. We have favor because he initiated. He comes. He brings his goodness to us. And now what should our response be to favor? What should your response be? How do we now receive the favor of God? We must do like Mary did. Give God your yes. Give him your yes. Even though you might not understand everything that's happening, give him your yes. And favor floods in. A few weeks ago, we did interviews with a number of our church members. Uh, just some of the, just hearing their stories, video interviews on their stories of what Jesus has done in their lives since coming to this church. Ah, oh, I was so blessed to hear life change upon life change, transformation upon transformation. I'm like, Lord, I'm willing to give my life to see this. And so the one couple, Jason, Jason Blundell, I just love their story because they were on Santa's naughty list. Like for many years, Jason has no church background and he confessed that he sort of, because his wife, she uh, went to church when she was younger, but he sort of led her astray. And so they've been on Santa's naughty list for quite a while. And then she found the Lord again. She started to come to church, but he didn't want to come to church. A lot of fights and conflicts and things in the, in their marriage. And then one Sunday he came to church. And during worship, he, he said, during worship, while we were singing, let it rain. He has no church background. He has no context. He has no relationship with God. He experienced the presence of God. And from there, things started to change. He got baptized in water, started to follow the Lord, gave his life to Jesus and transformation started to follow in his and in their lives. Their marriage has been changed. Their relationship has been changed. So I asked them at some point, okay, so if you have to summarize everything that Jesus has done since you guys have been coming to church, how would you summarize it? And Jess said, I was like, what has changed? She said, everything. Everything. She said her husband's like a different man. He's got a new heart, soft heart. Their marriage has been changed. Their lives have been changed all because of Jesus. Favor came. They said, yes. I have learned in my relationship with my wife, Sonica, whenever we would have conflicts, I have picked up a sort of a, Something that remains the same in every conflict scenario. Me. (laughs) Me. It's like, oh, here we are again, and it's me. 
It was me that was impatient again. It was me that didn't speak softly and gently as I should have. It was me that was irritated or worked up about nonsense. It was me that used the wrong words at the wrong moment. And I I realized that the problem is me. The biggest problem in my life is me. I want to say the biggest problem in your life is you. The self is you. The me and myself and I, you. You're the problem. Marriage problems, you're the problem. Relational issues, you're the problem. Not humble enough, not forgiving enough, not compassionate enough, not kind enough. You're the problem. I'm the problem. I'm on the naughty list over and over again. But Jesus, he comes and he gives you a new heart and he changes us from the inside out. I so want to encourage every one of us. I'm not talking about dead religion now. I'm not talking about, you know, I have to do all these things so that God will be pleased with me. No, 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 no. A thousand times, no. Come empty-handed, realizing I have nothing to offer God. I don't deserve his love. I'm not good enough. I don't qualify. And there's nothing I can do to make me good enough. Except come empty-handed and give myself to him. I tell you, that is absolute freedom. So many Christians are walking around with these burdens on their hearts and minds and lives because they're trying to be good enough. And then there are so many of us who might not have a living relationship with Jesus. And you're like, ah, one day, one day. You know, when I'm like 85 years old and I'm going to die in 10 minutes. Okay, Jesus, let's quickly have this deal. Let's sort this out. Don't want to go to hell. I want to, I want to go to heaven. And then for 85 years, you missed out on heaven. And you have pain and more pain and more pain. And do you know what you do? Do you know what we do? We blame everybody else. Maybe my fault. No, no, no. You are the problem. Your heart is the problem. That's how it works. And Jesus is saying, I'm bringing favor into your life, but you need to respond in the right way. If you want to experience the kingdom of God, if you want to experience the fullness of God, if you want to experience his blessing, give Jesus your yes. So let's look at this, how Mary did it. Luke chapter 135. And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. God will come, Holy Spirit will come, want to come and live on the inside of you. In her case, physical Jesus birth, you know, conceived in her womb. Verse 37. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Nothing will be impossible with, with God. So I think this is the greatest miracle ever is when God takes a selfish, proud person and he changes them from the inside out. Oh, love it. Beautiful. The impossible becomes possible with a living God. And then verse 38, this is Mary's response. This is what we need to get. Then Mary said, behold, the maid servant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Now I can just imagine what Mary is like, I do not understand what is going on. 
And I don't know what the future looks like. I have no idea what God being birthed in me. I have no idea. I have so many questions. I have so many things I'm unsure about. And yet childlike faith kicks in and she says, let it be done to me according to your word. Mary gave God her yes. Come on, say yes. Yes. You want to experience the favor of God? Give God your yes. Give him your yes. This holiday, don't have a holiday from Jesus. Holiday originally means holy days. That means Jesus at the center of it. Give God your yes and start every day with him. Give him your yes, Lord. I'm gonna, I'm gonna come. I'm, I have nothing to offer you, Lord. I'm not gonna earn it. I'm gonna work for it to be good enough. I'm just coming because your mercies are new every day. I'm just coming by your grace. Give God your yes. Give God your yes in 2024. Say, Lord, I'm going to follow you. Even I don't understand everything. I don't know what it's going to look like. But God, I'm going to give you my yes because I know favor will then flood in. God, I want you. I want you. You see, in the kingdom of God, in the church world, we tend to prioritize secondary things. And it happens so easily. It starts off about Jesus and somewhere down the line, it becomes about something else. Like it's worship. Let's worship Jesus. And then we worship, worship. We worship the music and we forget to worship Jesus. It's about him. Jesus is everything. Jesus is the lover of your soul. He's the one that looked at you. He saw value. He loved you and he's calling you to himself. And say, come and sit at my feet. Come and be with me. Let heaven flood into your being to give you peace and joy and rest for your soul. Give God your yes. Thank you for listening. Find more on Shofar East London's podcast channel. Let's do life together.